The following program is sponsored by Right Makes Might. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world. It challenges even the hardiest souls. This intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. And step into As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us for the next 30 minutes as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome. Saturday, and we're so happy to be with you. I have a lot I want to talk about to share with you today because my heart is really struggling for the people who are out there having such difficulty. These are such trying times. What should be the Garden of Eden has become a battlefield in a spiritual war, and it's absolutely heartbreaking. I had a vision last week, a picture of a World War I scene with a trench on one side, a battlefield in the middle, and a trench on the other, and The trenches of good were on the one side, the trenches of evil were on the other side, and in the middle was this pockmarked no-man's land with barbed wire, and it was all smoky, and people were hiding in the shell craters. And our purpose with this show is to equip Christian warriors to accomplish missions on this battlefield, to help those who are struggling to get out of those craters, and to recruit them, and to put them into service. Um, And my heart is just with you in all of this. Uh, As always, I'm joined by my fantastic wingman, Christy Stratton, who has a show on later today about one of those shell craters, and it's called The Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton. And it sounds uh, strange, The Divorce Coaching Hour. She's not coaching people to get divorces. She is walking with people to try and avoid divorce. And where divorce can't be avoided, to walk with them across this dangerous ground to try and help them to build lives apart when they've decided to end a marriage and to minimize the collateral damage to friends and family. And I just think that's so courageous that she's taken this uh, opportunity, found that place on the battlefield, and decided to dig in there in faith to walk with those who are struggling. So, Christy, I'm so proud of you. Uh, You have a seven-week series at your beginning I do, and thank you. Good morning, everyone. And uh, yeah, thanks for mentioning that. It's We kicked it off last weekend. Continuing this week, we're looking at the entire divorce process. And I like that you liken it to a, you know, I've got a corner of the battlefield here because my heart, as we're talking about the heartbreak, my heart breaks for people who are in this place when they're considering divorce, in the midst of it, or coming out of it. And that's what we do. We talk about the divorce the entire process, but with an eye on either saving a marriage or rebuilding through the process. And that's what the seven-week series is doing. I have different guests on that are talking about this process, uh, uh, you know, about the thinking and looking at the process of eyes wide open. And then 
people who are talking about the financial aspects of it, uh, then attorneys, and uh, and and we, we we wait to get to the attorneys because we really want to think through the process. Right. So, and uh, it's a, it's a battlefield and. Uh, this vision of these shell craters, I mean, this past week we just had the Holocaust Remembrance. And if you don't believe in spiritual warfare, I just think about the Holocaust because uh, things like yeah. that don't happen by accident. And there's a lot about our world today that is just uh, challenging and uh, sets us all back in our hearts. We're excited to continue in our devotional series based on my book. And before we get started... I'm going to uh, read you the disclaimer I have to, and then we're going to pray together, and then we're going to jump right in. So let me remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views, and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Please pray with us. Heavenly Father, how vain is the struggle which does not call on you for strength and love. How pitiful, dear Lord, is the man who seeks the world to fix the problems of the world. And how fraught with sadness is the battlefield of this earth. Help us, Father, to turn to you in all things. Help us to seek you in every struggle. And help us, O Lord, to see the opportunity in adversity, the opportunity to plant seeds of truth, to water them with your loving and compassionate word, to weed the crop of lies and deceptions, and to harvest by hope the faith of a new world shaped in Jesus' name. May all we do be pleasing unto you, and may you hear our solemn prayers offered through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. So, the devotional series, uh, many of you have books at this point, and we're receiving all kinds of encouraging emails. And the first week, which we covered, was devotional days one through seven. It was about making the choice for Jesus in all things, turning our back on the world, and choosing him. Last week, we talked about change, and we said that change is dangerous. Change with righteous action will shape a new world. So you make a choice, you act on that choice, and there is change. In the danger of change, there's an opportunity to reshape things. Today, we're going to talk a little more about days 15 through 21. Day 15 is about fellowship. Day 16 talks about the company we keep. Day 17 is about visualizing victory as a warrior. Day 18 looks at being guided by our hearts. Day 19 paints the beautiful image of God smiling on us. Day 20 imagines looking at the world from his perspective. And day 21 is, as always, the Sabbath. And it looks at the previous week and also talks about commander's intent, which, as we spoke about in previous episodes is to glorify God. When we have a question, we ask ourselves, what are we trying to do here? We're trying to glorify God. In preparing our hearts for this conflict, for this battlefield between the trenches as we go out, I thought a lot about uh, 2010 deployment to Afghanistan when I met my new team of Marines at uh, Camp Pendleton. And standing in front of the gym, there was about 50 of them, I had just got back from Iraq, and I had been coordinating the efforts of the border forces there. So I knew what we were getting into, and I knew it was complex and disheartening at times. As I looked at those Marines, I wanted to simplify it, and so I gave them just one word. And I said to them, this deployment is about respect. It's about respect for the United States and what we're trying to do there. It's about respect for the Marine Corps and how we do business. It's about respect for each other. 
And it's about respect for the Afghans who still serve tea to strangers, even though they've been at war for years. So just one word? Just one word. Respect. I would guess, like, if I thought of you as a colonel, you'd probably, like, in my mind's eye, like, tell them a lot of words. And you just said one word, respect. I said it's going to be about respect because they all came from different specialties and they all... Uh, We had infantry Marines, we had logistics Marines, communications Marines, and what I really wanted them to take on board was that when you're confused about what's going on and when you're angry and all of these things, just think about respect Mm. and what we're doing here. And so as I looked at this week in the devotional, Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, it's about heart. Mm. Lead with your heart, And, and we feel vulnerable in doing so, but... If you lead with your heart in all things across this battlefield, looking at those craters, the worst case scenario is you'll be wrong for the right reasons. Mm. The worst case scenario is you'll extend grace to somebody who doesn't want any part of it. And that's on them, not on you. It kind of sounds like just that one word, it's easier to to really remember when, you know, not all these one, all, all these words Right. So if you're, you know, in the throes of a decision, whether you're on the combat field, respect. Like, how am I going to show respect? That seems easier to remember. Heart. Right. So we're going to talk about heart. And the reason why I bring it up in this way is, in many ways, the deck seems stacked against us because we have 24-7 access to all this global news. and Lots of words. Lots of words. And we think that we function at the strategic level. We look at the world's problems, and it's like looking at the battlefield in its entirety. It's just too big. It's just too hard. And it makes us feel small. Right. And the thing is, that's exactly right. The devil wants us to feel small. We talked about that last week and the week before. Yeah. And we are not small. And it makes me think about the ultimate battle of big and small, which was David and Goliath. Yes. And so that is the ultimate battle. I love that story. Exactly. It boils down to heart, because if you remember right, the Israelites faced the Philistines for 40 days. Goliath came out and taunted the Israelites. And here comes David bringing pizza to the boys from his father, Jesse, who, you know, uh, Jesus is descended from that line. And David says, hey, what's going on here? And they say, well, this dude comes out there and he he taunts everybody. and, And David said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? He did not feel hurt. He wasn't offended. He wasn't overwhelmed. He was angry and resolved. And I love this because there's such a lesson in it. He picked the biggest problem he could get his arms around, which was Goliath. And he decided, I'm going to attack this problem. So he tells King Saul, I'm going to attack this guy. King Saul puts all his armor on him. David says, I can't fight in all this. So he strips off all the armor. He takes a sling. He takes five stones, and he goes out there to confront Goliath. He asked for God's help with a heart full of faith. He said, this is the problem I can fix, and I'm going to apply myself there. And by the way, he didn't take one stone. He took five because he was going to obliterate this problem. And after he whacked Goliath in the head, remember, he then chopped his head off. Yeah. It sounded like he got to the heart of the matter very quickly, very simply. With a heart full of faith. So as we feel really small looking at the TV and the magnitude of all of these problems and all of this commentary on all of this problems. (laughs) Turn off the TV is not a bad idea. But it really comes down to heart and faith. Ask yourself, what's the biggest difference you can make on the battlefield? And then how will you prepare your heart to make that difference? So... 
A couple things uh, occurred to me about preparing your heart. Number one, as we said in the first week, give it to Jesus in all things. Mm. Number two, turn your back on the devil. He's going to tell you you're small, you're not good enough, you're not worthy. That's for sure. Just like he told the Israelites. And it wasn't until they saw David and by his leadership that they were able to rise up. And lastly, you got to be honest, because in order to have a heart full of faith, it can't be full of other stuff. And like David, you got to strip off this unnecessary weight, all this armor that that you're carrying around. Invite Jesus in there and in integrity, in honesty, like we said last week, if there's something in there that you got to get rid of, bring it to him, give it to him. Don't pretend that you can live the rules that you want to and not obey the rules of other. You're driving down the street and you're hanging out the window, giving everybody the one finger salute. Well, scripture says, love thy neighbors uh, and glorify God. So how are you doing that when you're giving them that salute? I even felt bad because last week I was angry about taxes. And then I thought to myself, well, what does scripture say? Because my first question, I always try to have it be, what does scripture say? And it says, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. So I needed to not be distracted. I needed to not waste that emotional energy. And um, did I feel bad? I was wrong. But the sooner you say I'm wrong, the sooner you can get right. And it's it's not about, um, it's about pouring it through the filter of God's word. The backwards thing that the world does now is we act the way we want to act, and then we try and distill some truth. Yeah. As opposed to taking God's truth and pouring everything we do through that filter and seeing what comes out the bottom. And what I'm telling you is if some of the things that are in your behavior need to be filtered out based on God's word, hey, you can't swear at somebody and love thy neighbor. Well, and then we get mad at God for things not going our way, but we're not going God's way. We're not doing God's it way. his way. <laughs> exactly right. So choose Jesus. Don't believe the devil. Be honest and pour it through the filter of God's word and strip off all that unnecessary weight so that you can commit yourself to the battle. And so Christy is doing that with her show where, you know, a lot of people want to say to her, what do you coach people to get a divorce? I know it's funny. They're like, what? <laughs> you coach people to get a divorce? And, she's, and I've, I've turned it around and actually said, I kind of laugh and say, no, 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 I don't coach people to get a divorce. But if you're considering it, we're going to look at it eyes wide open. And you're right. One of the things on this battlefield of the world, if if I can do anything is help somebody to think through it way before uh, they march onto this field, because it's going to be worse, the, uh, the worst battle that they've likely ever been through. Uh, and so I'm definitely going to help them with that. And, you know, back to what we're talking about, heart, is it just is we make things too complicated. And what you're saying is is just simplify it. Simplify. Let me tell you a quick story about, there's a lot about my last, second to last deployment to Afghanistan that's like this world. The food was awful. We lived in dusty conditions. We rarely showered. We're out there in this miserable combat outpost doing this very confusing job where we're advising the Afghans. We're not really sure if we're having the desired effect. We're seeing bad things happen. There's always the threat of danger. You're not seeing your kids grow up. You get an email once in a while, and most of the time you're just saying, what the heck? And I think a lot of us feel that way 
right here, right now. We feel powerless. And what the heck? What the heck? I'm watching the news and it's all twisted and it's all nonsense and I'm powerless and I'm small and nothing can change this. And this funny thing happened one night. I had a patrol out. It was about five o'clock and we didn't do night operations very often. And I was wondering where this patrol was because they should have been back. And I said to the operations officer, get in touch with these guys and see where they are. And he said to me later, I can't get a hold of him. And then at about 8 o'clock that night, just before dark, we got a, a radio call from them, and they said that they were stuck. The vehicles were stuck in the mud in the middle of this Coochie village, which was a nomadic tribe. And they said, we can't uh, get out. We need you to come and get us. And I said, well, I can't come and get you. It's too late now. So go firm, protect yourself, be prepared to be attacked, and we'll be there first thing in the morning. So first thing in the morning, we show up there, the sun's just coming up, and the scene is the middle of this village. There are these two big trucks. They're both sunk up to the axles, and sitting beside the truck in a big circle is the Marines and the Coochies. And I walked up to the patrol leader, and I said, hey, what's going on? And he said, well, it was freezing last night, and the Coochies saw us here, and they were worried that we were cold, so this morning they brought us tea. Totally wouldn't expect that. Hot tea. And so I know it's not exactly analogous, but the point is, is that if we do things right and if we do things with compassion and if we do things with the right heart, yeah. then things will, will have their way and God will have his way and J Jesus will synchronize all of our activities on the battlefield and we'll all be pulling on the same end of the rope. But we cannot be in our own minds according to our own rules and expect uh, the synchronicity that comes from loving God. So that's the truth, and that brings us to the moment of truth, because in every episode we have a moment of truth where we take Scripture from the Bible and we try to apply it to our current discussion. We do this to show that the Bible is relevant, and it's timely, and it's God's Word, and though it was written thousands of years ago, it should be the place we turn first. Today's moment of truth comes from 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 25, as the Israelites observed Goliath and the Philistine army, they say, Now the Israelites had been saying, You see how this man keeps coming out. He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. I use this example to show that rather than turning to God for help and attacking the Philistines, the Israelite army was admiring its problem. As is common today, there are lots of people admiring the problem. There's commentary and there's discussion, but there's not actually a lot of activity. We're not turning to God, and it's partly because our problems seem too big. Worse yet, though they do nothing, they criticize those who are in the fight trying to do something. Hmm. I'm not big on admiring problems. I'd much rather ask God for help, find a piece of the problem that I can attack, and get to work. With God, we're all capable of doing this. And it brings me to a quote by Mark Twain, which I love, which is our quote of the day. And in his funny way, Twain said, I have lived through some terrible things in my life, some of which have actually happened. I love that man. <laughs> I love him. He's hilarious. And what he's saying is we often make our problems bigger than they are, and sometimes we actually invent our problems. Yes. And, and the way we describe that yes. in the Marine Corps is we call it practicing bleeding. Hey, I'm pretty sure when the time comes, I'll bleed. So for right now, I'm just going to do my job. <laughs> and I think that's the case. And if we make these small problems big, what do we do with our real big problems and our far-reaching problems? Right. So I would suggest, first and foremost, like David, we ask God 
by reading his scripture, listening for his quiet word. And second, we rely on the army of the living God and each apply ourselves to some corner of the battlefield in faith, in humility, in power, and in love. So to wrap up, let me just say that combat is hard. The world is a battlefield. It's supposed to look like the Garden of Eden, but instead it looks like a scene out of World War I. If we carry unnecessary weight, the weight of our sin, we will surely perish. So first and foremost, as we prepare to do God's work, we must bring our hearts to Jesus and he will help us. He knows the devil. He himself was tested and he knows each of us. We can't hide anything from him. He has heard what we've said and he has seen what we've done. He also knows how our words and actions have hurt people, though we may not. And if you think about that, He knows the full extent of the damage we've done in our sin, and still he forgives us. He knows it all. He knows it all. So each of us in our own time must kneel at the foot of the cross and ask him to free us of the burdens we carry, help us to get rid of this unnecessary weight, so our hearts can be full of faith, and as warriors we can go and do our jobs. As the word for my team in Afghanistan was respect, the word for us as Christians is heart. Heart. Friends, before David showed up on the battlefield, the Israeli army was admiring its problems. It didn't turn to God. It did not have the heart to fight, and it was paralyzed. And then David arrived. As David faced Goliath with a few stones, a sling, and a heart full of faith, by his leadership, the Israelite army faced the Philistines. He reminded them, that they were warriors. In the same way as individuals and as a nation, we can face the parts of the problems of our lives by faith as an army of the living God. With God's help, bit by bit, we can work through them. Our lives will never be without problems, but if we turn carefully and honestly to God in all things, our problems will actually draw us closer to Him. We cannot be duped into passivity. Battles are not won in sweeping attacks by faceless hordes. They're won in individual engagements across the battlefield one day at a time. They're won when ordinary men and women turn to God, when they submit to Him with integrity, when they resist evil influence, and when they rise up by His might to defeat an enemy that other people thought was indomitable. We can't allow the Philistines we see on the news and on the internet to defy the army of the living God. Each day, Each of us has the opportunity to win engagements across the battlefield. That is how Christianity works. That is how counterinsurgency works. Please don't be robbed of your personal opportunity to be a spiritual leader by the behemoth of lies and sin which grinds across the world each day. Act locally with courage, kindness, and charity in faith, and according to God's word, you are part of an army. Someone else will attack another part and someone else a part beyond that. And if we all do it Jesus' way, he will orchestrate our efforts, and before we know it, things will change. There is an urgency to this. In case we haven't noticed, things are rough out there, and they're rough for good people. The people in those craters are not bad people. We all end up in those craters from time to time. One of the metaphors that Christy uses on her show is about a man who falls in a hole, and we've talked about it on this show. And he prays, and a priest walks by and says a prayer, and he says, help me, and uh, nothing happens. A doctor walks by, he says, help me. The doctor writes a prescription, nothing happens. Another guy walks by, and he says, help me, and the guy jumps in the hole, and he said, what'd you do that for? Now we're both in the hole, and the guy says, yeah, but I've been in this hole, and I know how to get out. 
That's the compassion of it. That's the integrity of it. That's the heart that says, I'm not better than anybody. I've been a mess. I turn to Jesus and he helps me every day. So the world wants you to feel small because the devil wants you to feel powerless. You're part of an army of the living God. There is no bigger army than that. Friends, we pray that the upcoming week in my devotional is fun and fruitful and that you have a meaningful time with God by his word, through prayer, and as you give your heart to him in all things. He will reveal the warrior in you if you ask him to do so. Should you want to reach me, I can be contacted at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. Thanks for joining Christy and me today. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and semper fi. Thank you.